and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, today, of course, is Vision Sunday. And so we are going to move our church now into what we believe and what God has been taking us on a journey for quite a number of years. So I want to preach a message this morning that I believe is going to help us step into what God has in store for us as a community, as a body of believers for Horizon Church, uh, that is in, in our various locations as well. Those of you who've been on the journey would know that when Alison and I first came to the Shire, we were looking for something from God's Word that would really reveal to us His plan for His church. And so immediately when I came, I went on a journey of prayer and fasting. Who loves to pray? And in that journey of prayer and fasting, I didn't want just the good idea. I didn't necessarily want something that I heard in a sermon. I wanted to go up on the mount and hear from God. Build according to the pattern shown to you on the mount. And in that experience, God began to unpack by His grace, Psalm 22, Psalm 23 and Psalm 24. You know the journey, you've heard me say it 99 times, plus one. (laughs) Those of you who are new, that is the journey, particularly for the past 10 years under our leadership uh, of our church. Psalm 22, of course, speaks about Jesus as the suffering servant. Our church was in a difficult position. Great church, but difficult. And eventually God led us into a season of Psalm 23. Of course, Psalm 23, He's the good shepherd, amen? And my heart was that I didn't have the skill, I did not have the ability to lead our church where the Lord wanted us to go, but I know someone who does, and His name is Jesus. And so the whole of Psalm 23 was steering our church towards the Good Shepherd. I can love you, I can counsel you, I can encourage you, but there's no one better than Jesus. And so we steered the heart of our church into Psalm 23. And we came to understand that He is actively and presently involved in our lives on a day-to-day basis. Nothing is impossible for Him. There's nothing too great for God's power, nothing too small for His fatherly care. The Lord is my shepherd. And so we've journeyed through Psalm 23, really as a church for quite a number of years. We've had to be patient in that journey. We've had to walk it out as an eldership, as a board, as a leadership team, step by step in the purposes of God. We did not want to lag behind in God's purposes. We wanted to be in sync with the Holy Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And in recent times, probably in the past 12 months, I've started to sense a shift. And I didn't want to feel pushed or motivated into the new simply because of external pressure or internal pressure. Uh, We want to do what God has called us to do. Uh, Success is 
a long obedience in the same direction, according to Eugene Peterson. And so we wanted to have this long obedience in the same direction, according to the will of God. And so eventually we felt a release in the past 12 months where we felt God say, it's now time to actually step into your Psalm 24 season. Of course, Psalm 24 again is about the Lord Jesus. And on this occasion, however, He comes as the King of glory to possess the earth. And the Lord began to stir our hearts and began to ignite this flame in our spirit really for the past 12 months that it was time for a shift for Horizon Church. It was time for Horizon Church to step into this Psalm 24 season. And Psalm 24 verse 1 starts off by saying, the earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. When He comes, He's not coming for a few. He's coming for the earth. And as sons and daughters of the King, we have been mandated by God. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ to bring the Gospel, to bring this message of hope, healing and redemption to broken humanity. And so as a church, we've started to now move into that. And so today what I want to do is I want to preach a message that actually moves our hearts and shifts our church and our online community as well shifts us into this Psalm 24 season. So if you have your Bibles, if you could please turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verse 30. We are going to read one of the most well-known, if not the most well-known story of Jesus Christ. And of course, that is the story of the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. If you don't have your Bibles, the verses are available for you on the screen. Let's read. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst, amongst thieves, excuse me, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Everyone say compassion. So he went to him, and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbour to him who fell among thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. As I said earlier, the story of the Good Samaritan is the most recognisable of all Jesus's parables. In fact, it is probably the most influential story told by Jesus. The Samaritan's one deed of mercy has inspired sacrificial uh, ministries and charities and hospitals all across the world. In fact, 
many countries across the globe have Good Samaritan laws in their legal code. The parable of the Good Samaritan was the last sermon that Martin Luther King Jr. ever preached before he was killed. The Bible speaks about a road that this man was travelling on, a road from Jerusalem down to Jericho, ascending or descending around about 3,000 feet. Stretch of it is about 29 kilometres. You can travel on that road. Those of you who are going to the Holy Lands at the end of this year, you will go on that road. Now it's a masterful highway. Back then it was a dirt track. And the Bible tells us that as this man travelled on this road, uh, he was assaulted by thieves, by robbers who wounded him, stripped him of his clothing, beat him. And the Bible says this man was left half dead. The road, in fact, is symbolic of the journey of life. We walk down this road, Many of you know what it's like to be robbed. You know what it's like to be beaten. You know what it's like to experience heartache. You know what it's like to feel lonely. You know what it's like to be there by yourself. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. However, Jesus has come to give us life. Can you say amen? The Bible tells us about a priest and a Levite who sees this man on the side of the road. And in verse 31 of Luke chapter 10, it says, Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, watch this, he passed by on the other side. Verse 32, Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked, and pass by on the other side. The message puts it a little bit differently. The message says that when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. I wonder what was going on in the minds of the priest and the Levite when they saw a man on the side of the road, half dead. I wonder what would have motivated them not to do anything about it to actually help that individual? Could it be that the priests knew that there was an issue of contamination because according to the law, if he was to touch the man, if he was dead, then he would be contaminated and he would have to go into a period of isolation because he was unclean for seven days. And as a result, He thought to himself, I cannot go on with my priestly duties if I touch this man, so I'll angle and move in a different direction. Perhaps what was going through their minds was an issue of safety. Maybe the man on the side of the road was in fact a decoy and the robbers were actually using it to get the Levite or the priest to actually stop so that as they came to the man to help him, perhaps a group would rush from around the corner and then assault him and steal his belongings. Perhaps, maybe it was an issue of entanglement. If I get involved in this man's situation, 
then that's going to mess up my plans for the day and it's going to mess up everything that I need to do over the course of this day. My spirit is kind of willing, but the schedule is tight. And maybe for now, this is just a nuisance to avoid. Interesting that the priest and the Levite served inside of the temple. They were faithful. They did everything to the nth degree to actually work inside of the temple. They were so committed to working hard inside of the temple that they had no margin for external need. And it's a story that's there to motivate us, to speak to us as the people of God that we can become so focused on what happens in the internal runnings of the temple that we forget about external need. And we're so focused on what's happening inside that we have no breathing room, we have no space, we have no emotional energy to help somebody that's actually in need. I love the internals of the temple. I love that we get the opportunity to serve. I love that we get the opportunity to bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. But could it be that the church can become so unbalanced that we're so focused on what's happening inside that nobody has emotional margin for a hurting community? The inside is fantastic and the inside certainly pleases God and honours God and brings glory to God and brings praise to God. But Jesus was highlighting through this parable that you can become so fixated on it that your heart is no longer moved. The Levite, he was an assistant to the priest. The priest, you could say, I like the pastors, but the Levite's role, he was there to serve, to help. He was there to assist the priestly duties and even in his busyness of giving himself to internal functions of the temple, he had no margin. They saw the need. And they angled, they moved in a different direction. It was not that they were oblivious. It's not that they saw something from a distance. They actually came to look and nothing moved in their heart. Bible is essentially saying to us that this was an outright unwillingness to love their neighbour as themselves. Watch this. It is much easier to maintain a religious system than it is to love my neighbour as myself. The internal mechanisms of church life, which gives us a great Sunday, gives us a great life experience or life group, I should say, gives us expression, gift expression, loving one another, supporting one another, but can we get so busy inside of the temple that we see a need and we're no longer moved? This emotional margin that the Holy Spirit is trying to highlight to us that even though He saw a hurting man, nothing happened on the inside. Can the people of God become so callous 
Can the people of God, is it a possibility that we can get so focused on within that we have forgotten about without? That which is beyond us, that which is something that God is speaking to us about, that which the Spirit of God is saying, how could He not be moved? Then comes a Samaritan, an outcast, who was the only one who chose to help the man. Samaritans, of course, were scorned by the Jews. They were, forgive me for saying this, but considered a half-breed. Jews hated the Samaritans. So for Jesus to actually speak about a Samaritan helping a Jew offended these people because they were superior to the Samaritans. And in fact, you understand the hatred simply uh, when, the, uh, when the Jews wanted to insult Jesus. Uh, they said in John chapter 8, verse 48, then the Jews answered and said to him, that is to Jesus, do we not rightly say, you are a Samaritan? So it's like, Let, let's offend you to the nth degree. So there's a hatred. In fact, when Jesus came to the woman at the well, she said, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Why is it that you're actually talking to me? But Jesus spoke of a man who was an outcast, who was a reject, according to their society, who actually came to help this hurting man. The Samaritan, in essence, loved somebody who in fact hated him. He was willing to risk his own life He spent his own money, two days wages, and was never publicly rewarded or honoured. Jesus described in detail what the Samaritan man did. He took pity. He bandaged his wounds, put the man on his own donkey. That is, he had to walk, took him to an inn and took care of him. We may read this passage and think, I love the internal mechanisms of the church. That's where I get my satisfaction. There's a high cost to caring for our community. Church, it is more costly, far more costly not to care. And Jesus makes this additional point where He says, loving your neighbour creating margin in your world to care for a hurting person, that this compassion that this man showed, he showed it to somebody that he did not even have a relationship with. He didn't come across the man and thought, oh, that's the guy on my soccer team. Well, I wonder what happened. He had no dealings with the man whatsoever, yet his heart was moved. Come on, church, his heart was moved with compassion. Jesus points out that neighbours may come in surprising places. I went to a South African New Year's Eve dance. I used to break it down back in the day. I'm much more holy these days. Now, it was my, because you know, my family, they go to all the South Africans, they all gather. It's a place in Perth called Coogee Beach. 
Bruno Mars would pump it all night, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I'm the pastor, you know, kind of like, I'm, I'm on the outside. I want to get raptured, man. And he's just joking. <laughs> and there's probably like uh, three, 400 people at this thing. And, and so it kind of had this balcony where Alison and I were kind of hanging out. And um, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been to one of these South African do's. Uh, in case you didn't know, uh, I'm the pastor. My brother's a DJ. He was DJing on the night. <laughs> he's a good brother, by the way. So he's, he's actually a good man. <laughs> DJ Kevy Kev. <laughs> That's actually the name. <laughs> so I'm at this New Year's Eve thing and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. I just want to watch the Sydney fireworks and, um, and so, uh, so I see this guy from a distance. In fact, it's a guy I used to play soccer with in my, in my teenage years and um, he's had multiple uh, breakups in, uh, in marriages and so on. I, I think uh, he's now in his, his third marriage and um, uh, he's a very good soccer player, great guy and he, he kind of, let's just say, he drinks more than most <laughs> and um, words were slurred and he comes up to me, he goes, oh, do you remember me? I'm like, of course I remember you. And he said, oh, your brother told me that you were going to be here tonight. I'm like, great to see you. And he said, I've been praying to God that I would meet you again. Because I remember in those teenage years about your relationship with God. And he says, please, these were his words, please, please, Brad, I need you. I need you to come and speak to me. This is my wife. I'm like, great, nice. She goes, Brett speaks about you all the time. Please, can you come and visit us? My wife is so interested in what it means to actually have a relationship with God but I can't explain it like you can explain it. Need all around us, people searching. Never believe the media narrative that people are not interested in God. Never believe it. There is a void in people's hearts that long for the living God. There's a reason why when it comes to the census form, that no religion is the first option, even though the majority of people do tick religion. Why? Because there's an agenda. Don't believe it. People are hungry. People are searching. People are wanting answers. And here's a man with his third wife saying, I have been praying. I need to speak to you. Surprising places. Here I am. Listen to Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I did request Soldier Boy, my brother said, it's a bit, bit old now, that's a bit outdated. <laughs> Here's the victim, side of the road. Priest, Levite, the law, Sacrifices could not rescue him, but a Samaritan did. An outcast 
rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God. The story is actually you. You, in fact, are that person on the side of the road. The law and the sacrifices could not save you. But a man who was rejected by his brothers, the Lord Jesus Christ came, bandaged your wounds, paid for you to be healed. And He said, when I come again, if there's anything else, I'll pay it then. So when it comes to thinking about others, God is moving our heart by reflecting on what He did for you. There are marginalised people all across our society. There are people who need you. We have become so fixated in the church, not our church, but the church, on the internal mechanisms of the temple that hearts are seldom moved when they see a man on the side of the road. And Jesus is saying, remember what I did for you. Amen. Romans chapter five, verse eight says, but God demonstrates His own love toward us. Come on, who believes that this morning? Come on, God demonstrated. This was not a thought. And I, this was a demonstration. He said, God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were still, not when you were right, while we were still, when we did not deserve it, Christ died for us. It's easy to look in judgment at others who perhaps are in tragic circumstances. We can have an attitude of pride and say, well, obviously they did something wrong in their journey. Oh, they're in that because of this and that. And is that true for some circumstances? Yes, but thank God you're born in Australia. Thank God you weren't born in some of the countries that I've been to. It's it's easy for us to judge and sit with an attitude of pride. But God demonstrated His love towards you and I when we didn't deserve it. And this heart that Christ has for hurting humanity, He's calling Horizon Church in Psalm 24 to say, can you show the same heart? Because watch this, love never fails. Abide in faith, hope and love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. But the greatest, the greatest, the greatest of these is love. He's love. Amen. So who's our neighbour? Jesus asked that question. That question echoes through the generations, speaks to us today. John chapter 10, verse 36. So which of these three do you think was the neighbour to him who fell among thieves? And the question that Jesus is provoking in them is to whom can I be a neighbour? To whom can I show mercy? Jesus sought to illustrate that the love of one's neighbour must transcend, transcend, excuse me, all natural or human boundaries. Our world is filled with a lot of need. Who knows that to be true? Our world, come on church, our world is filled with a lot of need. 
can be overwhelming, but let me pass you through it. And it's simply this, maybe I cannot help everywhere, but I can help somewhere. The story of the Good Samaritan was not about 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 people all dying. It was one person, one person. And you don't need to feel guilty or think, I need to start up a charitable arm that now reaches 10 million people by two. Just, come on church, just help. One, one person, one person. And so there's a love that God is calling us to. This expression of the Father heart of God revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And our vision for Horizon Church in 2023 and beyond is uncommon love. A love that transcends all natural or human boundaries. It's a love that God is calling us to, to see people who don't know Jesus, find Him as their Lord and Saviour. This is not ordinary love. This is uncommon love. Why? Because it's the love that He showed you. Now freely you have received, freely give. There's a number of things that we're calling out church to. And the first is, is that we're gonna make available to you a prayer, a prayer that simply you can place on your phone, you can put on your laptop. And it's this, God revealed to me one person that I can share your uncommon love with Today, you can go to hz.church forward slash love. You can grab it off there. You can add it to your phone. I've already added it to my phone. I prayed it yesterday and I was at a location yesterday. I prayed it in the morning. I said, God, just show me one person. I met a lady uh, at this thing that I was at and um, she had filled up, she was in a wheelchair. She, filled, she wanted watermelon water, <laughs> but she, put, she pulled down the wrong thing and got something else. And she's like, oh, she goes, is that, oh, she goes, oh, I filled up the wrong one. And I said, I said, would you like me to fill it up for you? She said, oh, look, I've got to use one hand for my wheelchair. I've got to hold this one. I said, don't worry about it. I can do it for you. She goes, oh, don't worry about it. And I just felt the Holy Spirit just prompt my heart. Wherever she goes, wherever she sits in this place, just go and fill it up for her and just give her this water. I don't know her name. I don't know her background. But all I wanted to do was just show uncommon love, doing something for others that transcends all natural or human boundaries. We have a plan. We have a plan as a leadership team to see uncommon love reach the Shire, reach the southwest of Sydney, reach Western Australia, reach our online community and where those people, our, our amazing family across the world, reaching people with uncommon love. Our team have designed some cards which our host teams are going to distribute now and these cards are essentially, uh, as you get one and it's available, you'll see it on the screen as well. It, it has a statement on there that says, uncommon love. And all we're asking you to do this year, church, is that when you show uncommon love to somebody, for example, you go to a cafe, you see someone who looks lonely, or maybe not, but you feel a stirring in your heart to maybe pay for their breakfast or pay for their coffee. This man who reached out 
to this hurting man, the good Samaritan. He didn't make his name known. He didn't say, it's now time to praise me for what I have done. (laughs) It was anonymous. And we wanna give to people an opportunity to, for you to show uncommon love, pay for someone's coffee, do something nice for somebody and then just leave the card for them and say, hey, when the person comes to pay for their breakfast, can you just give them this card? And the card will say, uncommon love. They'll look at it, be like, okay, that's cool. And then about four weeks later, they'll be in a cafe again. And because of the orchestrated moves of the Holy Spirit, it's gonna happen to them again. And they're gonna be like, this is the second time that this has happened to me in four weeks. What is this uncommon love? They'll see a web address on the card and the web address says, uncommonlove.au. By the way, it's black and white versions, depending on which one you like. (laughs) They'll go to uncommonlove.au and on it is a beautiful website. Watch this that tells the story of Jesus Christ and His uncommon love. This uncommon love that God is calling us to distribute all across the Shire, all across Western Australia. We need to help people, church. God has restored Horizon Church. God has done something fresh in Horizon Church. This is not for us. It's for the man on the side of the road who needs Jesus. I'm seeing all kinds of things come out of this. I'm seeing a revolution happening to touch people, changing people, impacting people as we take our eyes off ourselves and we see need. We wanna equip you in evangelism this year, as well as the cards. My passion this year, this is burning in me is that the people of God are equipped to win their friends to Christ. Come on, Paul said to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. I'm praying that the evangelist is woken up in you. And two, I'm praying that the evangelist is woken up in you this day, that something begins to burn in your spirit for people who don't know Jesus as their personal friend. Late last year, I started having some catch-ups with someone who is a, good and, and a great man of God in our church. And that is uh, Warren and, and Tash Searles. And Warren and Tash began to express a desire to, uh, after you know Warren's had some health challenges over a number of years and now fresh, alive and looking like he's 25 again and excited and ready to go. And God did something in Warren at our uh, conference last year. He began to weep and began to cry as God began to burn in His Spirit the next. And as I sat down with with Warren and Tash, I knew that God wanted to use them to mobilise our church towards evangelism. And so as we've uh, embraced this and journeyed it out, there are a series of seminars that are coming up uh, here at Sutherland and St Andrews and uh, also for our uh, online community as well and through Dunsborough as well. 
By the way, those of you who are in our online community, if you want uncommon love cards, just talk to Matt, talk to Aziza and we'll get them posted to you in Jesus' Name. (laughs) So Warren has a desire to equip the people of God. These seminars are called Your Story, Their Salvation. Your story matters. Your story matters so that we can see people saved. And so if you go to hz.church again, forward slash love, on that page on our website, you can register. Warren's gonna be teaching. He's gonna be helping you. He's gonna be equipping you and helping you grow in the evangelist that's on the inside of you. Because church, we must, we must, we must see people come to Jesus. We must, we must see the prodigals come home. We must, we must. We must see people added to the Kingdom of God. God forbid that we go to heaven without a heart for the man on the side of the road who's hurting and who's broken. We have a gift. It is the greatest gift. It is the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been redeemed. We have been set free. Now it's our turn to pass on His love His heart, His compassion towards others. Psalm 24 is all about others. Psalm 24 is all about hurting humanity. Psalm 24 is about a King who's filled with glory coming to possess the earth. I believe what's going to happen in our church and I saw this, um, it's just even in worship, I believe we are gonna have a revival amongst our young adults. I see a revival. God, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and said, there is a revival coming amongst the young adults of Australia because young adults want to do something. They're tired about talking about it. They wanna reach out to people who don't know Jesus with uncommon love. The enemy has targeted young adults across our nation but I see an army rising. I see an army rising. I see an army rising in Jesus' mighty Name with uncommon love. Church this morning, we're gonna spend the next few minutes praying. And uh, the reason why we wanna pray is we wanna usher in this new season with prayer. We're gonna say, Lord, here we are. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Lord, here I am, send me. God forbid that we spend more time in the presence of God for ourselves and we don't think about others who need to feel His love, experience His breath, experience His peace and experience His life. Let the Spirit of the living God move our hearts towards the man on the side of the road. Church, can we just stand just for a moment? Are you doing okay? Come on, are you doing okay? Are you doing okay? Let's just begin to pray right now, just where you are. Just begin to pray, pray over the cards. Just begin to pray, Holy Spirit, oh Lord. Oh, Father God, would You move our hearts? 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 We need You, oh God. We need You, oh God. We need You, oh God. Father, we thank You today for the journey of Horizon Church. We thank You, Lord, that You've been faithful. We thank You, God, that You've been kind. We thank You, Father, that You have walked and You have walked with Your church through hills and valleys. And Father, we are so grateful. Our hearts are filled with gratitude. Our hearts are filled with worship. We're filled with worship. 
and we say thank you, God, for your goodness. We say thank you for your kindness. But Lord, we know, we know, come on, we know, we know. Yeah, there we go. Come on, Holy Spirit, we know there is more. There is more that you're about to do. Father, we see prodigals coming home. We see a prodigal in a cafe who experiences uncommon love. Lord, we see sons and daughters coming home. In Jesus, oh God, in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. Father, we see high schools reached with uncommon love. We see the children of our church, our kids ministry showing uncommon love to a lonely friend at school. We see it, Holy Spirit, we see it. Right throughout our life groups, through the families groups, through our youth ministry, through our young adult ministry, through our men's ministry, through our women's ministry. Father, over St Andrews, oh God, over St Andrews, pour out Your Spirit. Pour out Your Spirit, pour out Your Spirit. Pour it out, Holy Spirit. And we know, God, that as You pour out Your Spirit, Father, we'll take it to hurting humanity. Father, we thank You for the southwest of Sydney. And Lord, even the surrounding areas. Oh God, I pray that Lord, uncommon love would reach hurting homes, hurting marriages, hurting young people. I feel the Lord saying at St Andrews, what's happening in the youth ministry is just the beginning. There is a damn wall that will break. There'll be a flood of teenagers, a flood, a flood, a flood of teenagers. Out of those teenagers will come evangelists, pastors, leaders, business owners, men and women of God. We prophesy that, we declare that over St Andrews in Jesus' mighty Name. Let uncommon love flow through St Andrews, we pray. Father, we pray for our Dunsborough community this morning. We pray as Pastor Alison and Shane and Serena lead the charge, oh God, this part of Western Australia that's gone unnoticed. But God, You notice, You notice the man on the side of the road. And so Lord, we pray anointed today. Let there be a great breakout of love, we declare in Jesus' mighty Name. Father, thank You for our online community. Lord, as people engage from different parts of New South Wales, right around Australia and across the world, wherever they are, uncommon love, uncommon love, uncommon love. Oh God, uncommon love. We pray and declare in Jesus' Name and right here in the Sutherland Shire. Lord, You love the Sutherland Shire. You love the people of the Sutherland Shire surrounding areas. You love, You love. Jesus, You died for every single person. Father, may there be a blitz across the community, across every cafe, across every home on a, of uncommon love. Awaken the evangelist. Oh, here we go, Holy Spirit. Awaken the evangelist in the Sutherland Shire. I see fires. Awaken the evangelist. Awaken the evangelist in the Sutherland Shire. We pray and declare in Jesus' Name. I feel to prophesy over the Sutherland Shire. 
This is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Come on church, you gotta get in sync with the Spirit now. This is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. The Sutherland Shire has been set apart by God for a youth and young adult revival. Many, many, do you hear my heart, says the Lord? Do you hear my heart for young people? Do you hear my heart? Do you hear my heart? So Father, use us, anoint us, families, mums and dads, we pray in Jesus' mighty Name. Church, would you just open up your hands and receive a Holy Spirit shift. A Holy Spirit, the closing of one door, the opening of another. Thank You, Jesus. 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 We worship You, Lord. We worship You, our God. We worship You, King Jesus. We worship You. So we declare, Lord, over this day, we declare we step in to the new. We step into what You have for us. In Jesus' wonderful Name. Come on, as an act of worship, we're gonna declare the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ over all of our campuses over all of our homes, come on, over all of our marriages, over it all, over it all, over it all. We're gonna worship. I, you know, Karen, just before we do, everyone okay? Come on, don't switch off on me now. <laughs> uh, one of the things that's really burning in my spirit is that if there's anything Satan will resist is evangelism. You're gonna have great meetings in here, but don't touch out there. Absolutely. But here's God's plan. This year, we're gonna pray more than we ever have. Why? Because prayer breaks the powers of darkness. Prayer, and so whatever strategy Satan has to make it difficult for you in your workplace, in your university, in your high school, in your street, in your community, in your low, prayer breaks it open. So we're going to pray and we're going to declare the glory of God in Jesus' wonderful Name. Come on, Karen, let's worship together. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.